by the time you get here, we'll have chairs and an air conditioner and maybe even that bidet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to say, when I came to Portland, there was no bidet. I bought a <laughs> new couch when you came to visit. <laughs> I feel like the bidet ranks higher. <laughs> yeah, couches don't wash your butt. <laughs> they shouldn't, at least. <laughs> I did have Canadian towels bought for me, though. I did I did have a, a beach towel for you that had a big maple leaf on it. Yep, she did. She did have that for me. <laughs> That's sweet. I was going to buy new towels, because all the ones... Uh, not important. Uh, welcome to Monster Pot, the pot about home decor. <laughs> No, the pot about buying towels. Here we all have ADD. <laughs> ah, man, this new me- this new medication has really been just exhilarating. <laughs> um. So yeah, I'm Emily. I'm a grown up. <laughs> and uh, this week I will be playing Gnora Sparkle Branch, gnome bard, and prop comedian. And my name is Travis. I am not a grown-up at all. No, not me. No, uh <laughs> And I play Harry B. Elefante, your friendly neighborhood toot monster. Give his actual description. <laughs> I love how he says he's not a grown-up and then follows it up with something that demonstrates how little of a grown-up he is. Yep. Yes. <laughs> Unlike Emily, who said she is a grown-up and then followed up with evidence that she absolutely is not. Despite being here right now. Yep. So what is Harry? Oh, he's a big elephant. Oh my god. He's a fart charman. Charman? Charman? I think Charman. 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 He's a Charman. All right. Good going, Travis. I think to be a fart Charman, he would have to be a big bear. I mean, yeah. Are you sure he wouldn't have to be a big charm? A big, a big charm. Yeah, he would just have to be a big charm. Agreed. <laughs> Ultimate charm. Mecha charm. <gasps> Mecha charmy. Anyway, um, Sarah. <laughs> Hi. I'm Sarah. I'm playing Carol Stoneforge. I don't know why anyone's laughing. I'm not saying anything funny. I think it's the long pauses. Yeah, it was it was the beat that you took after your name. Like, that is all I need to say. This is all the information. It's really all that matters. What is Carol? Uh, he's a big fighty boy. Damn it. <laughs> uh, it's the technical term. The original term for uh, the fighter thing was fighting man. In yeah, D&D yeah, yeah. 1.0... Like, it was fighting man, cleric, or wizard? Or, uh, magic user? Magic user, Some, magic user. Yeah. yeah. They couldn't even get wizard <laughs> Fighting in. man. Yeah, fighting man. That's Carol. Uh, I'm Sadie. I'm playing Cap Nightbreeze. She is a barbarian and the killer of the white wolf. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, many, many wolves. Many, many wolves. Wolf killer. <laughs> Then we're joined once again by our guest DM Charm. Charmin. Uh, I prefer Charm. Thank you. Charm. Uh, and for the record, I'm grown. <laughs> um, yeah, so last we left um, our, I don't want to call them heroes, that sounds generous. Um, I think we did establish that they were, though, because most of you were in it for the right reasons. Just, Gnora's not. <laughs> she needed money. <laughs> That's her I business. For- I forgot what her alignment is, but <laughs> chaotic. chaotic She's chaotic good. <laughs> okay, so yeah. Last we <laughs> left them, they had fought 
flowers for entirely too long. Oh, we've had so many flowers. They wouldn't die. It was a big fight when we were doing it. It was a bigger fight when I had to edit that episode down from two hours to an hour and seven minutes. (laughs) I would love to say that I truly appreciate it and the work you did was noticed. (laughs) I did listen to them, even though... I was afraid to listen to myself. Well, that makes two of us who actually listen to the episodes. Three. Yeah, I still don't. Yeah, well, I think it's less normal for you guys and more normal for me, who already is a listener. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it just pops up in my feed, like... <laughs> oh, I do the download thing, but I don't listen to you it. You give us a download, but you don't listen? Yeah! All right. I do that sometimes, but only because I'm, like, so incredibly behind on podcasts that I just cannot spare the hour. Yes. All right, all right, <laughs> D&D, we're taking a short rest. <laughs> yes, so... And this, um, all this conversation happened between our characters in the short rest. There you go. <laughs> Canon. <laughs> I just want to check, did everyone get a chance to roll their hit dice, reset anything that resets on a short rest? What yeah. does reset on a short rest? I actually rest? didn't get hurt anything? and didn't use any resources that reset, so... Yeah. I just sat there for an hour, I guess. Yeah, Bardic Inspiration gets reset. But I Most, don't know that you used any. The um the 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 sheet, like the 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 generated sheet will tell you what it takes to recover, like the the features. You can only use one spell slot, so go me. And you don't get those back on a short rest. I know. I'm just making sure I have everything marked down that I used in the big fucking battle. Great. So if everyone is ready, then we'll move into it. The four of you Finish your short rest and feeling a little bit more hale after your long and annoying battle. You look towards the castle where you can see that the drawbridge has fallen over the moat. The thorns are kind of hanging below and into the water. You're able to cross and enter a dark and shadowy interior. Anybody got a light? Oh, I do. I pull out a lantern and I light it. I was making a joke, but that's cool. I brought it because I need a lantern because I'm an old man without night vision. Do you hold it in your trunk? or? In- oh, yeah, absolutely. It's so cute. <laughs> okay. Thank you. That's exactly what I was picturing. With Harry leading the charge, you guys enter the castle. <laughs> I look around the castle. So you step inside and you enter a grand entrance hall. It's... Dark, but not dirty. Actually, remarkably clean and neat. As you look ahead, there's a hallway going straight, and there's also two sets of stairs winding up the side of the room in a curve that lead to an upper platform. At the back edge of the platform, there's a portcullis that is lowered below um, that blocks both the hallway ahead of you on your level that you've entered and the upper hallway uh, up the stairs. I have to assume we need to get past that. Yeah. Or else the powers that be wouldn't have brought it up. (laughs) (laughs) You guys step inside, and you take a look around. As you're kind of moving forward and and entering into the chamber, you can see the portcullis is about 100 feet away from you on your level, and every surface of the walls and the floor that is exposed and not covered by carpet is covered in symbols. Different sorts of images that seem 
carved or drawn into the stone. Just to make sure, Carol, could you try lifting that thing, please? <laughs> <laughs> so, you, Carol, would you want to travel across the room to the hundred feet? Someone just asked him to lift something. He is absolutely going to go lift it. <laughs> Even though there's stuff all over the floor? As Carol is walking over there, Harry is going to attempt to read the, I'm assuming, magic symbols? Okay, Harry, you can look around and you can give me a religion or an investigation check. Well, religion is intelligence-based, so let's see how this goes. You're a cleric. Yes, with very bad intelligence. (laughs) Oh, fuck yeah! 19 on the die with a plus 2 is a 21. Oh, see? Religious. Okay, so you... You spend a couple of minutes uh, looking around. Um, you're standing on a 10-foot long, sorry, 10-foot wide, long red carpet that travels all the way to the portcullis. The floor around you is large stone flagons that have the symbols. Um, they look actually drawn in charcoal or something like that, but it also has a faint glow to it. You notice as you begin to... Um, squint your eyes and look at each symbol with the religious perspective. As you're looking, you begin to see there are a few religious symbols among these, but also there are things like symbols for money and rude drawings and a a seemingly random jumble of symbols that are not all magical but are all kind of written in this uh, charcoal with a faint glow. It's like D&D graffiti. <laughs> yeah, I think we have fantasy teenagers in this castle. <laughs> oh, God. No. Fantasy teenagers, too. You can make an insight check, and everyone can make a perception check. The insight is for Harry or anyone else who's scrutinizing the symbols. Um, I got a... S- I got a 17. Okay, so this is for your perceptions. I thought I rolled poorly, but I get a plus 7 to insight, so I still got a 15. Nice. Damn. Yeah, I didn't realize I was so insightful. I also got a 15. All right, so I'll say for the three of you looking around the entrance hall, you can see that the symbols extend all up the walls. You can also see that there's a pedestal about 20... 20 to 30 feet ahead of you with what looks like an area to put your hand on it. As well, on on either side of the walls, there are statues kind of set into little alcoves. So they're cast in shadow um, that are looking out at you that seem to be regal individuals wearing crowns and fancy clothing. Uh, very clean, well-kept but, um, are any of the statues holding weapons? They are not holding weapons. Harry, as you're trying to gauge why somebody would draw all these sorts of symbols around here when they're not all magical, you kind of get the feeling that they have a, they have a different purpose other than a spell themselves. That's about all you can get. Them. Okay. I want to touch one. <laughs> one of the symbols or one of the statues? One of the symbols. <laughs> okay. 
You step forward and you touch one of the symbols that is nearby. Nothing happens. Okay. And is it, so, like, the, it's on stones. Is it, like, one symbol per stone? Or are they, like, sort of scrawled across all of the stones? Like, or has somebody, like, very specifically drawn one symbol per I'll say based on your perception check, you can see that they're kind of scattered all around the chamber. So some stones do have just one, some have have two, some don't have any. But as you kind of collectively look around, you get the idea that there there's dozens of symbols, mm. maybe 50, maybe more. Hmm. Um. I'm going to apologize in advance if this doesn't work out for us. Oh no! Um, you said good, there was a good omen. You said there was a pedestal with a place to like put your hand. Yes. Okay, I am going to take out my um, mummified goblin hand <laughs> and place that on the pedestal instead of my own hand. Okay, so uh, do you walk <laughs> close to the pedestal and physically place the hand onto? I guess it depends on how tall the pedestal is, because I might need someone to pick me up. Boost you up. I would say it's two and a half feet. You could reach it. Okay. Then, yes, I just walk up next to it and, like, Indiana Jones style, uh, gently place the hand where a hand would go. Okay. So you step up with your mummified hand at the ready. You stand beside the pedestal and place it upon it. As you place it down, you realize that there's a... There's a switch mechanism in the spot for the hand so you can maneuver this mummified hand to activate the switch if you so choose um i am going to call back to the rest of the group hey there's a switch here should i press it yes yes yeah why not all right (laughs) then i do that we're all incredibly dumb (laughs) i think it's a light switch and i'm tired of carrying this lantern You click the switch. Around you, each of the symbols that are drawn onto the floors and walls begin to light up slowly, one at a time. This is fine. each one lights up, you hear a sound a little bit like glass being struck, until the chamber is being filled with a melodic hum as each symbol begins to glow. Did you hit a disco switch? This is (laughs) fine. This is good. This is exactly what we wanted to happen. While this is happening, is there anything you guys would like to do? Um, as it's lighting up, can we see those statues a bit more clearly now, or are they still sort of shadowy? Uh, you can see them a little bit more clearly as the symbols nearby them light up. Um, as you look, you can see each one is uh, someone wearing a crown, various genders, mostly older. Um, there is one kind of younger figure wearing a crown that is too regal for such a small head. But other than that, you you just see what looks to be maybe a line of royalty. Are we, like, in the Shazam hall? Like, Oh, no. We're not ready for that kind of <laughs> responsibility. I called dibs on Zachary Levi. <laughs> um, so things are lighting up. Statues aren't moving yet. <laughs> Listen, That's- I'll say it's been about 15 seconds. And 15 symbols have lit up. Are they continuing to light up as we, like, stand there? Yes, as each moment okay. ticks by, another one lights up and another ding. 
joins if the someone fray. who understands the symbols could like take a peek and see what the ones lighting up are that would just be like tops <laughs> oh, that's a good idea <laughs> Harry, well, i would say to... sorry go ahead uh, i try to see what the symbols lighting up actually say as you're watching each symbol light up harry based on your earlier two checks between your insight and your religion you can see that religious symbols and random meaningless symbols to you are lighting up in the exact same fashion none of them seems to be indicating anything specific at this time now if i touch one does something happen cap reaches out and touches one of the symbols you can feel a very slight hum into your fingers and that's all are they lighting up in like leading in a direction the ones closest to you and the pedestal are lighting up first and radiating radiating out towards the other areas of the room i would say by now about half of the symbols in the room have lit up I mean, we could just chill here for a second, wait for the rest of the room to light up, and then continue not knowing what the fuck's going on. Did Carol get to try the portcullis? Uh, no. Do you want me to go see that? Since, like, we can touch them and they don't kill us? Maybe, yeah. I'm gonna go try and lift that. Is that a strength check? Yeah. You gotta travel... It's 50 feet past where Denora's at at the pedestal. You can stride right down the hall and go ahead, reach the portcullis. It's it's made of a brassy metal and bars. Um, each point is reinforced, but you feel like you can get a good handle um, on it and see if you can lift it. Give me a strength or athletics if you're trained. That's a nine. I rolled real bad. Including your... (laughs) That is including my plus seven for strength. So, uh, yeah. (laughs) Did you throw your back out? Yeah, what happened? (laughs) Carol strides up to the the portcullis, gets his hands underneath, flexes, and nothing happens. Can I give it one more shot? It's okay. It happens to (laughs) lots of guys. You you shut your mouth. (laughs) Can I give it one more try and actually do a good roll, maybe? You can. I'll let you know that. At this point, most of the symbols in the room have lit up. Well, that's a 14. A 14. Okay, Carol plants his feet, crouches down a little bit, and then heaves, and the portcullis begins to raise about one foot. Can I go help? Cap, as you are striding down to help Carol lift the portcullis, at this point, all of the symbols in the room have lit up. The hum is starting to get deafening in your ears, a ringing sound, and uh, smoke. Snakes. (laughs) Smoke begins to fill the chamber. Oh, no. That's not good. That's not great. Uh, Uh, Not smoke, sorry. I would say more like mist. Oh, that's better. I don't think that it is. I mean, mist isn't going to suffocate us. But it might be some sort of, like, sleepy agent. I could do with a nap. I, we just had one outside. Can you help me <laughs> open the door? Yes, yes. <laughs> Athletics and make a strength check. 21. With help from Cap striding up beside Carol, the two of you push and pull and are able to get the portcullis up to three and a half feet. Can Harry get under that? Like, if he, like, lies on his belly? Maybe. 
I'll say that while while you're holding it up and the other two of you at the other end of the room are debating on whether you can fit through, you're beginning to have a harder time seeing your friends and the mist is filling Uh-oh. the chamber. I'm going to take my mummified hand off the pedestal and put it back in my, my bag and um, go under the portcullis because I think I can fit at least. Okay, so you begin to move towards... The portcullis. Okay, make a perception check, Kenora, as you're traveling, as you're beginning to have trouble seeing where you're going. Uh, 14. 14. You're able to make it to your friends following the carpet beneath your feet, and you can easily step under the portcullis. I did it! <laughs> Harry is also going to go over there, because I think he's the only one not in that zone. Okay, if he's got it. tall enough, he can lift it a little bit and then, like, walk under it. Harry, make a perception check with advantage because you still have your lantern, right? Yeah. Okay. That is not good on the dice. For both advantage. of them? <laughs> oh, yeah. Ooh. It was a five and a nine on Ooh. the dice. Where Dear. is perception? I get a plus four, so 13. Okay, yeah, you are able to reach them. The gap between the bottom of the portcullis and the floor is small, but you can help boost it up some more if you'd like. I'll help boost. Make a strength check. Another nine. Use new dice. Nine plus. Uh, well, 11 with my plus two strength. Okay, you're able to raise it another foot, so you could get down and crawl underneath. You might fit, or you can um, try something else. Question, are we sitting there, like, holding it, or does it stay in place once we lift it up? You're holding it. Okay. And both, uh, I'll say both of you are, your vision is completely obscured at this point, as the mist has filled the entire chamber. And, Harry, as you are crouching down to try and see if you can fit yourself beneath the portcullis, your vision is entirely obscured. And then, after a moment, the portcullis opens. Oh. Well, okay. <laughs> We're all um, able to walk mist through. affect dark vision? Like, even if we have that... I guess it would, because it's mist and not darkness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, getting, it's getting in your way. But what I will say is that as you are on the other side of the portcullis, you can look ahead down the hallway. And if you make a perception check, I'll let you know if you see anything interesting. That's a nat 20 on my perception check. That's a nat 1. <laughs> a nat 20 and a nat 1. Now that's D&D. Yep. I got a 9. Oh, I wasn't even paying attention. <laughs> you can perceive if you like, or you can just delight in others' fortune and misfortune. I got a 15, but I think I'd rather delight. <laughs> okay, great. So as a Ganora, who got the 1, right? Yeah, that was me. Okay. Um, as <laughs> Kenora... Literally up my butt. <laughs> gets distracted <laughs> looking at a spider that's crawling uh. up the wall on the side of the door. <laughs> In turn, Carol looks down the hallway, and you can see that there are a number of tapestries lining this hall. There are... a two branches on either side of the right and left that head off in different directions. The entire hallway is 
lined with suits of armor. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't mm. like that. At the end of the hall, there's a staircase going up. What would you guys like to do? Can I just shout the princess or whatever? Princess? Her Mm -hmm. name? See if someone answers. Her name is Freya, which he did tell you uh, back when you got your mission from the Earl. So you can shout her name into... The void. The void, yes. Are you just I'm you just shouting raw? Yeah. Just shouting raw. Well, no, actually, <laughs> hold on. Yeah, I don't, I'm not burning a spell slot on this, so yes. Okay, make a performance. Oh, wait. Oh, go ahead. No, that's dumb. Okay, no, then just make a performance dumb. check. Okay. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's a 24. <laughs> just a 24. Kenora <laughs> gets distracted by the spider, remembers why where everyone is here in the first place, turns around, walks a couple feet Maybe the all... spider had a tattoo of the princess's name on it? There you go. Sure, Jan. And <laughs> she fills her lungs and, in a beautiful, loud voice, shouts, Freya! Like I'm calling a hog. <laughs> a hog? Not a dog. I guess you guys might not have hog calling. I was going to say that I think what? the technical word for that is hollering. Hog yeah, it's hollering. Is, what the fuck is what hog is? calling? There are competitions. Hog you guys, calling competitions. You don't do these in Canada? That's like when people yell suey. <laughs> That's definitely fake. I, we don't go to places where people yell at hogs. This is not a thing. We are both from the city. Yes. Well, In uh, Canada, they have brunch with mooses. Not in the I'm city. Sure that's a children's book. Yeah. We have brunch with a moose outside in the city. But anyway, Nora, you shout out into the room and your voice echoes throughout the hallways. But there's no response. I don't think she's here, guys. I mean, she's probably, like, in lockdown. Should we just go, or? Maybe she, well, no, we won't get paid. (laughs) Oh, yeah, but. Somebody has debts to settle. I I will say that as you're looking around, the place is spotless, impeccably clean. So clearly someone has been here recently. And, like, when she called the princess's name, none of the, like, suits of armor turned their heads or anything, like in Beauty and the Beast, right? Like, we're good that way. Exception check. Twelve. No. <laughs> Carol's just gonna start walking down the hallway. Fuck it. <laughs> yeah, Harry is also just kind of walking down the hallway. But like, what branch are we taking? There's several. There's. You start walking straight ahead, and you get to the crossroads in the center of the hall, about forty feet from where you entered. You can see to the right and the left. There are long hallways going either direction. One leads to a set of double doors the other one turns and the hallway continues i mean we should probably go to the one that ends in a room and just check that room out first before we like go walking down a long hallway that we don't know where it goes probably yeah that's a fair point let's do that video game logic yep (laughs) (laughs) okay so you turn to the right you walk down the hall you head to the set of double doors i open them Harry throws the doors open. They are not locked and not trapped. Yay! That's fortunate. (laughs) (laughs) 
It's the first time I've opened a door without a fucking deliberation. Good job, Dean. <laughs> <laughs> you step into a library. The walls are covered in shelves, tons and tons of shelves. There are plush chairs, little tables. There's a staircase leading up. And there's a ladder that hangs on one of the shelves that clearly rolls along the length of the wall. Are he we? leaves immediately because it is full of things that he can't use. Is there any <laughs> sort of floral arrangement underneath a glass display case? I was going to say, are we in the Beauty and Beast castle? Cause... That would be in a different wing of the castle. <laughs> <laughs> Am I LeFou in this case? <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> The curtains are also drawn in here, so it's a little bit it's a little bit dark at the moment. But there's nobody in here that we can see. Do I need to roll for that? Uh, do you want to go in and look around? Yes. That's probably a good good idea. Yeah, can we just like search the room? He's already turned around and started walking away. <laughs> he saw books. He can't read books. He left. The other three of you step inside and you can make a perception or an investigation check. And Harry, you walk back down the hall to the point where the other hallway leads, or the uh, first hallway you came in leads to stairs. I think I'll just sit down in the middle of, like, where, where, like, you have the options of all the ways to go, mm-hmm. like, that part of hallway. Just sit right down, cross leg, and start eating a snack. Um, I got a two on my investigation check. <laughs> that was a 14 perception. <laughs> okay, I got so... a, I got a... 13 perception. I rolled another 9 for my snack deck. <clears throat> uh, it's alright, Harry. Um, <laughs> Rolling a d10? <laughs> Harold. That is a 9 on three separate dice that I've rolled. So, Harry sits down, he has his snacks. As the other three of you step inside, Carol, you walk in and immediately pull out the first book you see. It is very large and heavy and has a lot of pages and you crack it open and immediately shut it. It's boring. You don't find anything. There's no pictures in this. <laughs> That's why Harry left. He could immediately tell that those were not picture books and therefore he could not read them. Are like sacred texts that you have to read and stuff? Um, they don't, they don't have to be written. Like the text can be in many forms. It could be oral. And my God speaks to me through farts. So, ain't no one. All right. <laughs> Anyways, Cap, you step into the room and you take a glance around. Um, you look along all the shelves at each of the seating areas, at the curtains. You don't see any people in here. Okay. Genora, you walk along and you can see that though it's dark and shadowy, Each of the tables and chairs is impeccably clean, and you actually notice there is one desk that seems to be used frequently. It has a stack of books on it, it has a few papers, and it has a drawer that's locked. Um, I want to use my thieves' tools to open that drawer. (laughs) Go ahead and make a thieves' tools check. Uh, Dex plus proficiency. Uh, 17. 17 pops the lock. You pull the drawer open. There are a few sheets of paper, but most importantly, hidden in the back in a small bag, 
is a mirror. It's silver, round, has a nice handle, intricately carved at the back. We are in the Beauty and the Beast castle. <laughs> I look in the mirror. <laughs> you see your own face, but you also see there's something magical about this item. Hey guys, beer's fucked up. We should probably take this to Harry to have him look at it. <laughs> <laughs> Harry is 40 feet away having a cheese snack. Is he eating one of those like crackers with the cheese spread? Uh, Well, it's the fantasy time, so it's just like a little wedge of cheese All right. and some bad bread because I rolled a nine. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the little crackers. Yeah, I think it's just a little, snacks. the bread's a bit stale. Um, the cheese is a little Sounds bit, like a cheese snack, yeah. <laughs> a little bit moldy on one side, but you break off that part and the rest of it's okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, Harry, come look at this. Huh? Ears that big and you didn't fucking hear me? <laughs> okay, Harry gets up and walks over there. <laughs> yes? I, I hand him the mirror. I look at myself in the mirror. <sighs> you see yourself? And you see there's something magical about this mirror. There's something magical about this mirror. <laughs> I can see myself in it. Do you... <laughs> Someone else do something. Can we, like... I mean, nobody has tried to do anything. So far, they have simply looked at it. I was going to say, can we do like an arcana check or something? I'll do an arcana check, yeah. I would do something, but... Carol is well, useless here. Yeah. Let's see how this goes. Can we fight some people? Because then we're fine. Oh, I rolled a nat 20, but I still have a minus one, so it becomes a 19. <laughs> did a great job, though. A 19 is pretty excellent. As you spend some time holding this item in your hand, turning it back and forth so that the mirror catches different surfaces, you feel that the mirror draws on your mind and draws on your thoughts. And if you think something specific, it might have an effect on the surface of the mirror. If you think about something you'd like to know. Think about your I, dad. No, don't think, think, about think, about the the think about the princess. I think about the princess. So you think about the woman you came here to rescue isn't a princess, but as you call her that. Say, I don't think she's a princess. <laughs> You do know her name, though, I, and so you... The only note I wrote down was Spiky Iron Gate. <laughs> <laughs> so, on par for the intelligence of your character. So you... I found the gate already, so now I'm looking for... Yeah, I, I think look for the princess. Okay, so you think about the person that you're here to find. Um, you concentrate for a moment, looking into the surface of the mirror, and you can feel an energy... Similar to the energy of your god, but, but different. Flowing through you into the mirror, and an image begins to appear. It's a beautiful young human woman wearing a green dress. She's got long brown hair, and she's kneeling on the ground with her hands in her lap. And beside her, there's a large figure. Large and hairy. This is the Beauty and the Beast castle. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you see. Uh, Harry just shows it to everybody else. 
you guys crowd over and you can kind of faintly, all of you at once, see the image um, before it begins to slowly drain away. Well, I think the thing we have to do here is kill the beast. <laughs> so you're Gaston. <laughs> I think we all know who Gaston is. <laughs> Kara and I go way back. <laughs> so in the, I know we only saw it for a little bit, but in the like image that we saw, it could be like make out the background at all or just make a perception check to zero in on the background as it begins to fade away. 16. Nope. 16. I can, I can count. 17. <laughs> 17. Okay. <laughs> you squint your eyes and peer in past each of the figures and you can see that it is a room with a rich red carpet, beautiful, intricate fabric panels hanging on the walls, and the stonework looks actually similar to where you are now. Okay, well at least we're at least we're not like it's not like a Mario situation where the princess isn't here. <laughs> Alright, well this was helpful, but we should probably go down that other hall then. Yeah. Harry puts the mirror in his pocket. Right. Yep. All right. Is there anything else on the desk that might be useful? Um, did you make a... You made a perception check and it was good, right? Yeah, it was like 19 or something. Okay, so I'll say you take a peek around, look through the unlocked drawers. You can see there are a couple books uh, on the desk that are on magic. One of them is on breaking spells. One of them is on magical plants i'm gonna take both of them okay you take them with you also what was the jawline on the duke that we were talking to the earl Earl. uh very very large square butt chin oh my god oh my god (laughs) (laughs) did you forget that i said butt chin before (laughs) <laughs> no, I was just thinking the bar had a lot of text. There were antlers in the bar. Yep. Mother oh God. fucker. <laughs> <laughs> I just had a moment like that scene in The Conjuring 2 where she like snaps back against the seat and like her nose starts bleeding and she realizes <laughs> what's going on. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, West Wing sounds good. <laughs> East Wing? No, it was the West Wing. It's the West Wing. It's the West Wing. Let's go find Josh. There was a hallway leading in a generally western direction. Yeah, we should go down the hallway. What's yeah, let's go. Room? Let's go there. Okay, so you guys turn back. You head down the other hallway. Uh, can I get a survival tra- check to attempt to find the correct wing? Oh. Uh, 18. Also an 18. I got a 15. With a plus seven, I got a 12. My troll deck is really doing it for me today. (laughs) You travel down the hallway. As you go, you can see that there are a number of spaces where portraits used to be, but there isn't anything there now. You continue along past the bend in the hall. You'll get to a staircase that leads up, as well as two doors on either side of the wall. We fought wolves to save an old man, guys. Charm, I swear to God. (laughs) What do you mean? 
Oh. I just All coming there. together. I feel like Emily's, like, got a Pepe Sylvia wall <laughs> going on already. I've got boxes of LeFou. <laughs> the best part is I can, like, see Charm's face of pure joy in my brain. <laughs> That's exactly I what I can't it believe like. it took us, like, th- like, like six what, hours four hours? <laughs> we are extremely dumb, so it tracks. It's funny when I'm the one doing it. <laughs> I'm glad it's this favorite Disney movie and not The Little Mermaid, because as we know, Sarah's characters can't swim. <laughs> oh, an underwater adventure is a nightmare at a low level anyway. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, uh, we're going down the hallway. Portrait yeah, music. you guys, uh, collectively, you've rolled real good. So you, you f- find this uh, staircase heading up that seems like it leads to... A further wing, but there are also a couple doors on this level. Should we check these doors just to knock them out, or should we yeah, keep going? We should each just like poke our head in a door and see if there's anything in it for the sake of of moving quickly. Yes. Okay. Who's yeah. taking left and who's taking right? Uh, Carol's gonna go take the left door. Yeah, he'll go poke his head in the left door. Carol left and Gunora right. Okay. To the right, there is an empty dining room. To the left, there is a storage area filled with various just boxes. Looks like they used to be filled with something, but they're empty now. Um, is there anything in the dining room worth noting? I'll say there's a long table. There is a fireplace. There is on the far wall... A couple of sets of um, cabinets that have fancy plateware inside and goblets and that sort of thing. Is there a small cup with a chip in it? We are You're not guests. close enough to see that. We are <laughs> you know, we can't legally put that in the podcast. <laughs> I was going to our- start singing, see my vest, but. <laughs> Can we put that in? That definitely um, falls under fair use. We're fine. Yeah, there's nothing in here worth <laughs> worth noting. <laughs> up the stairs. Okay, you guys head upstairs. In this part of the castle, it is more gloomy and dark, a little bit dirtier and dustier. And there are many ruined paintings in this hallway. Are they slashed? A few of them are slashed. As you head up the stairs, you can also see at each point where... um. There's like a flat level. There are statues on the staircase banisters shaped like ugly little gargoyles. Uh, I'm going to walk up to one and say hail and well met, friend. (laughs) I've seen a hunchback in Notre Dame. I know what's up. (laughs) Nothing happens. Okay. No, these guys are fine. Wrong movie. (laughs) (laughs) Same universe. You can see that there are a couple of rooms at the end of this hallway and one one the door is open one the door is closed i mean i'm tempted to go check the one with the open door first yeah Yeah. you head over you look through the open door you can see this is a room that obviously used to hold a lot of beautiful artifacts now most things in here are destroyed 
you can see there are some maybe decorative weapons or fancy um, statues that were once whole now are in pieces throughout the area. Any of the uh, weapons, do they look like they would be functional? Make a perception check. Uh, that's a 23. 23. Okay, yes, you do find one weapon that is still functional. Of course I'm gonna take it. Stop looking <laughs> at me like that. <laughs> I hope it's like a big honking, what, a mace? I was hoping a great sword. So you find... <laughs> you find what looks at first like just a cane. It's a polished tipped at either end with silver at the top end. It's kind of got a snake head, but it's in the shape of a handle. But as you look at it a little bit more closely, you can actually see that if you twist the snake head, you can pull off the outer casing and it is a sword. Looks like Lucius Malfoy left something behind. (laughs) (laughs) Say that's cool as shit. It is a little bit like that. I, I do, in fact, want that. <laughs> Great. So you, you can pick it up. It is a it's a finesse weapon. It's light. So I think you're proficient. Yeah, I already have a, a little sword. So just use the same stats for that. I'll just let you know the weapon does 1d4 bludgeoning. And it's a... Uh... Yeah, it's, it's a, a sword and it does bludgeoning? Um... Sorry, bludgeoning with the casing on and then uh, slashing with the casing off. 1d4. Okay, I got what I need here, guys. We should probably go into the closed room. Yep, closed room it is. Okay, who's going in? I guess Carol. all of us. Oh, well, Carol. <laughs> Only Carol. Carol barges in. <laughs> Carol heads over to the door. Uh... You just open Carol it? Carol kicks in the door, shouts, solo adventure. <laughs> <laughs> you open it or do you kick it, Carol? Uh, definitely kick it in. Okay, <laughs> kick it. And it splinters at the door because it's locked. Cool. Kick so it again. You've done some damage, but I need, like, a damage roll for your first kick. Okay, what do I use for that? A D8? Uh, we'll go with a D6. So a five. A five. Okay, great. So it's definitely, um, you can hear the wood has splintered somewhat, but nothing Carol, else. Carol, buddy, I have changed a lockpick. <laughs> Take it again. Okay. So That's you can a make. Four. That's Carol. <laughs> <laughs> it splinters a little more. Ganora, what were you going to say? <laughs> I could pick the lock, but Carol seems to have this on. <laughs> It's going to take a at least three, four more hits like Carol has been doing in order to <laughs> break this. It's going to take a little while, and it's a little bit noisy. Carol? <laughs> Kick Carol? it one more time. Oh, my God. <laughs> Go ahead. That's another four. Another four? Okay, so it splinters, and this time you can see that the handle has started to change shape. Carol! <laughs> I'm, I'm just about through. Nice. No! <laughs> I, can I... I need to look at the door handle first to see what the fuck is happening. You can go ahead and, and make a perception check, or if Carol lets you out of the way, you can just... Look. Yeah, he'll move out of the way. 
Well, my perception check is an 18, so... So you go ahead, you move forward, Carol finally gets out of your way, you scrutinize the lock, and you can see, luckily, it hasn't been significantly damaged as of yet, and it doesn't look too complicated. You can attempt to pick it if you like. Yeah, I'm going to get my thieves' tools out. Go ahead. Good work, Carol, you loosened it for me. (laughs) You're welcome. That's a, uh, uh, nat one. Oh, <laughs> um, so you put you put your tools inside the lock and you begin to shift and and turn. And as you move one of the very important tumblers on the inside, you can feel it doesn't move to its full potential. Door's fucked up. Carol kicks it again. Oh, my God. <laughs> right. OK, so, Carol, this time I'll say um, make an attack roll to see whether okay. you are like kicking the lock to break it open or you're kicking the door to break the whole thing <laughs> like basically see whether you need to do lots of hits or only a little bit of hits do i add anything to that you add your strength okay in that case 18 18 okay so you break the lock and the door swings open a crack <laughs> you can push it the rest of it see i said i almost had it <laughs> You did. I'm sorry. You did almost have it. (laughs) Now you go in first. (laughs) Okay. I do that. You go ahead and step forward into a ruined bedroom. Everything in here is very clearly slashed to ribbons. And there is a portrait on the far wall staring out of it. A pair of piercing blue eyes. You can see further ahead there's a smaller chamber off of this room and there's a faint glow coming from within i mean i assume she's in there i assume there's a rose in there that's blooming until his 21st year we did fight roses didn't we god damn it son of a bitch (laughs) (laughs) i just love how you keep discovering things there's layers there's layers to it Uh, Carol's gonna go ahead and move toward the glowy glow glow. Wow, Carol. (laughs) You step into the next chamber, and there you can see there is a a sphere of magical energy floating above a little table. And inside this sphere is a rose. However, the rose inside looks dead. Oh, no. Oh, um, I have books. And I pull the books on breaking spells and magical plants out of my bags. Okay, so you, um, you begin to remember the books you found, the different things you saw outside, and you look upon this rose. You think about the gate that you came through as well. You begin to flip through the books. I'll ask everybody to each make me a check to help Ganora figure out um what's going on with this particular rose so what i'll need from each of you is for each one of you to pick a skill check that's different from the skill check of the person before you and describe to me how you're going to help i'm going to start with ganora you pick the skill that you want to use in order to figure this situation out and you just tell me how you want to use that skill um i guess I will do an insight check. Okay, so how do you want to use insight? For reading? 
So, like, to see why these particular books were chosen in relation to the different sorts of magical yeah, phenomena. Yeah, see if I, I, like, I'll flip through the books and see if there's, like, a, a headline or a title that kind of relates to what's going on. Excellent. Okay, give me your check. Fifteen. Okay. So, any one of the other three of you, how would you like to help um, Ganora figure this out? Can I do an intimidation check to uh, intimidate Ganora into reading faster? <laughs> Does Carol want to get punched in the nuts? Um, sure. We'll we'll give we'll give you a intimidation check to see if the peer pressure improves Ganora's performance. But damages their relationship. (laughs) (laughs) This is 17 plus 4, 21. (laughs) Fuck you, Carol. I'll read as fast as I gotta. (laughs) Anyone else? Uh, Yeah, can I do a medicine check to ensure that the intimidation check does not raise Ganora's stress levels you, to the point where she can no longer read. You are all useless to me. <laughs> Wait, you haven't gotten to mine yet. <laughs> Medicine check. All right. Just have a finger on my pulse. <laughs> well, it's a five on the die, but I get a plus seven to medicine, which is why I wanted to use it. So it's a 12. 12, okay. And cap? So I would like to use persuasion to persuade Nora that she needs to pick the right thing. Why are you guys even here? Give me your check, Cap. Uh, that's a 12 plus 4, so 8. Nope. 16. I can count. Everything's fine. I've had vodka. Okay. So, I will say that with the assistance from (laughs) others around you putting intellectual (laughs) pressure on you to do your best to look through these books, to not get too stressed out under the pressure, but, like, keep it moving, Nora. Let's go. Um, You are able to find a couple of spots in the books that seem relevant, actually. You see in one of the books on magical plants how to grow magical hedges. You also see how to restore ailing plants. You also see necromancy for plants. Necromancy for plants? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to dive a little further into that uh, necromancy for plants thing. (coughs) You can see a few places where somebody has underlined a couple of points where um, it looks like there are some spells or specific ingredients to attempt to restore a plant that is dead. You don't see anything that jumps out at you as like a spell that you could cast from reading it. Uh, in the other book, you can see that a page is bookmarked looking to see how to break curses and enchantments. Well, I don't know, guys. This feels relevant. You think? Probably. Uh, We should probably go look at the big orb. You're pretty close to it, so you can... I'm gonna look at the big orb. Make an arcana (laughs) check. Yeah, this should go well. You know, there are things other people could do to assist these checks. It's a seven. I got a seven, so it's definitely... (laughs) 
Harry monitoring the stress levels and notices that she's freaking out about orbs. Uh, provides assistance with looking at orb. Did you want to use the help action or did you want to guidance? Uh, oh, guidance is a thing I can do. <laughs> I'm going to use guidance. Okay. Okay. Uh, so I, you- I place my hand on your back and give you a nice little, like, you can do it. And you can roll another d4 on top of your deal. Okay, so I started with the seven, and now it's a ten. A ten. Okay. You take a look at this, and you can see it's some sort of magical barrier. You raise your hand close to it, and you can feel like, hmm, probably wouldn't be great if you touched it. It looks like... Carol, come touch this! (laughs) (laughs) It looks like it's meant to keep things inside. And keep other things from going, from, like, leaving the sphere. Can we pop it? Uh, how are you going to try? Do I have, like, a dagger? Certainly. I'm sure you Don't do. You yeah, own a sword? I'm pretty sure Carol is the type who would try to pop a thing with its fist. Um, I Carol, do own do a sword. A sword? Just... a sword is pointy. Did you know that? Yeah, it just seems like <laughs> <laughs> a little overkill for, like, a little flower-sized orb. But sure. It's, I'm gonna it's, poke not, it. it's not like a... Flower-sized orb. The orb itself is one foot. The flower is uh, okay. Orb. So like it's you know like bigger than a soccer ball. Also, like my way of helping is like a great axe. So I feel like a sword is fine. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and uh, give that a little poke poke. Make an attack roll. Ah, uh, can't do math. Twenty three. Twenty three. Okay, so you strike out against the orb. At first, you can feel that it's resisting the push of your blade, but you flex a little bit harder, and you manage to smash into the edge of it. Um, give me your damage. His mom didn't love him enough. Um. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, six. Six. Okay. You can see that there's a little bit of a lessening of the barrier in the area where you hit it with your sword, but not much. Oh, I get a second attack. Can I do it again? <laughs> uh, you, yeah, you can try. Carol, can I do it again? <laughs> <laughs> that one's a 20. And the damage is nine. Nine. Okay, so this one does a little bit more damage than the previous one, but you can still see the integrity of the orb has not changed. Guys, I don't think this is a stabby thing. I think it's a magic thing. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Well, then I guess Harry's going to cast Dispel Magic on it. (sighs) You had that this whole time? (laughs) The whole time? You can make a ability check using your spellcasting ability, which I believe is wisdom, and mm-hmm. the DC is 16. Okay. I did it! What'd you roll? I got a 21. Oh, perfect. So you concentrate. How does your spell dispel magic look? Uh, well, everything else has been toot-based for me. No. <laughs> describe describe what you want it to look like. It can be some kind of toot thing. He farts and the orb disappears. Harry walks up to it and just starts like squinting real hard at it. And then you just hear a real high pitch, real long toot. And at the very end of it, the bubble pops. 
Excellent. <laughs> and that is exactly what happens. Um, as the bubble pops, the flower inside looks even more wilted and gray, and it slowly begins to float towards the ground. Oh, no. We probably made it worse, but I could probably look into that plant necromancy thing. Yeah, do the thing where you bring the plant back to life. Actually, we should probably find out why the plant is dead before I do that. I'm having a moment of lucidity, so we should <laughs> probably take advantage of it. <laughs> it's beauty in the base rolls. So what did you want to do? I to do a nature check to see why plants are dead. I have a minus one to it, so it should go great. <laughs> Always try. It didn't stop you before. It's a 12. It's a 12. Okay, so you reach out your hand to cup the flower as it begins to fall and as it settles into your hand you kind of try to look at it and you can see you know all the leaves are dried there's no more water in it um the petals themselves have begun to brown and curl and after a moment as you're studying it it begins to turn to dust oh but and oh but falls away into nothing oh oh no I was going to put it in a glass of water. We made it worse. <laughs> we made it so much worse. Well, guys, we should probably find that monster thingy and just kind of kill it, because I don't think <laughs> we're going to be able to put this genie back in the bottle. <laughs> Wrong movie. <laughs> uh, that might be a good place to cut it. Yeah, then we will uh, end the episode there with us breaking everything. <laughs> Sentencing some poor cursed man to a life of... I feel like that that cat's already out of its bag. You'll have to find out next time. Well, uh, so uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at, um, at MonsterPodRPG. I almost said Get Afternoonified, which is not this show. Yeah, that's not this one. And you can find us at the interwebs at MonsterPod.Monster? Yes. I forgot how speaking works. <laughs> Two sips of tequila and you're already a fucking idiot. Yeah. I think I was an idiot before the tequila, though. Thanks to Lisa for our cover art. You can find her at lisaspiller on patreon.com. Thanks to Gumbel for our theme music. Remember to rate, subscribe, review, and all that fun stuff. And come back next week for what I assume will be the thrilling conclusion. I hope so. Beauty and the Beast. The guy better be hot this time. Oh, I thought this was frozen. <laughs> All right, goodbye, everybody. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. Goodbye. What up, Sobelow listeners? It's your boy Shane Hosey, and I want to tell you a little bit about my podcast, The Hosey Hustle. Every other week I sit down with a guest and we talk about product and service submissions from you, the listener. Terrible ideas, like cigarettes for dogs. And we'll sit there and we'll talk about how to make them ready for the big scary economy. Basically, we take bad ideas and we make them worse. So why don't you give us a listen? The Hosey Hustle, part of Sobelow Media. Now get back to the show you were originally listening to. You probably like it a lot. For more podcasts like the one you just listened to, go to SoBelowMedia.com. This, this is As Above, So Below.